Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay? We're also streaming now with the online radio platforms, um, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music. There's a few others. If you want to see the full list of radio stations through whom we broadcast, you can go to our website, templeoftruth.us. And I thank you so much for those of you who've been communicating with us, sharing with us um, your thoughts about our message. We're very encouraged to hear from you. Uh, many of you are watching us through the um, platform, I mean, hundreds of, through the platform of Facebook and WhatsApp, etc. cetera. And um, that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect on our accounts here on YouTube, but it doesn't really matter. If we reach one person, and we're able to help transform the life of one person and develop that relationship you have with God, man, we've hit a home run, okay? So it's not all about the numbers for us. It's about it's about the fact that God is using us and we're grateful that you'll find us worthy, you know, to you know to be used at this time and this hour. Let's take a further look into Hebrews 11. We were at um, verse 11. It says, through faith also Sarah. Better translation is through faith Sarah also. Through faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. All right, remember one thing. The scriptures are shared with to us, uh, given to us by God in three dimensions. One is what? The natural. And second is the spiritual. What's the third one? First, the natural then the spiritual and then what the fullness and what do we mean by fullness we mean the naturalization amen the naturalization in other words the becoming of the of nature into the word we all know that the word became what flesh but why did the word become flesh the word became flesh so that flesh would become the word. In other words, that flesh might be able to be conformed to the likeness and image of God. Right now, you look at the trees outside, they look beautiful, right? But don't they get old and die? You look at the most, the, the strongest, fastest runner in the world. And after some time, what happens? He becomes old and gray hair and can't hardly run. And a small five-year-old has to help him go across the street. Is that not so? But when the flesh becomes conformed to the word of God, he will never grow old again. 
the tree will never die. And that is what we call the kingdom of God. So the purpose of our faith is that we might what come into the image and the likeness of God. And so what we have read about faith this morning is an indicator to something greater. It points to all these people, Sarah, Abel and all these people as a shadow, as an example of those who walk in faith in the first dimension. What's the first dimension? The natural. And the second is the what? Spiritual. So as those people walk in the natural and were faithful in the natural, God has raised a new people who will walk in the what? Spiritual. And if they are faithful in the spiritual, they will enter into the what? Fullness, naturalization. So let's understand the procedure. Now look at verse 12. Therefore, in other words, out of this woman, Sarah, and her husband, sprang there even from one, her husband, and he as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. God had called her husband out of the tent, and said, can you count the stars? Can you count the sand under your feet? That's how great the number of your children are going to be. But these people were not even supposed to have one child because they were about 100 years old. Verse 13, these people, what does it say about them? It said, these all died where? In faith. In what dimension? The first or the second dimension? In the first dimension. These all died in faith, not having received what? Abraham did receive the promises. Sarah did receive the promises. Noah didn't receive the promises. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them, what? Afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were, what? Strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek, what? A country. They are not at home in this dimension. There is some other dimension that they seek to find rest. They are not at rest in the current assumption, in the current reality. There's something that makes them wonder. They are not satisfied to live a life which they lived 10 years ago. They are dissatisfied. They want something more. Verse 15, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out they might have had opportunity to what have returned do you remember the country from whence you came before you said I'm a Christian do you remember the lifestyle that you had before you said I'm a Christian Paul is saying here if you are mindful heart longs for those people and those times, and your family, and your friends, and that world, there will arise opportunity to take you back. If you are mindful of the past. Verse 16. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly. Therefore God is not what? Ashamed to be called their God. For he had prepared for them, what? A city. That means, when you become a Christian, 
once you come up like Noah out and say, God says, let's build an ark. When you come up like Abraham and leave Ur of the Chaldees and say, God said, let us leave. There is a lifestyle you will have that can cause God to be what? Ashamed. It would have been better if we were still a non-believer where he can say, look, I don't have anything to do with those guys. Those are not my guys. But after he has given you his spirit, died for you on the cross, spoken greatly about what you can be, there you start living like you were before, he becomes what? Ashamed. The Bible says the sin of the world was put on Jesus and God turned his face away from Jesus. Why? He was what? Ashamed. Why? Because the sin of the world was placed on Jesus when he was on the cross. And what did Jesus say? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, being translated, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Christians today, you need to understand that the danger with living an unholy lifestyle is that God will be ashamed of you in the not too distant future. You will never make it into the third dimension or the denaturalization. Verse 17 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up what? Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only what? Begotten son. Now, let's go all the way to verse 36. You know what? Let's read it from verse 30. 32. So, we're reading about all these heroes. Did they obtain the promises? We read about Abraham, read about Noah, we read about all these people, we read about Sarah, and the Bible says they did not obtain what? The promises. Imagine God made them a promise, they lived their whole lives and never obtained the promise. Isn't that something? They believe God. Don't you think? They should be in heaven now saying, but God, but God, but God, we believe you. You never told us we would die without getting the promise. But the Bible says, these all died not obtaining what? The promises. They died in faith. You know, they died believing. Now, what if God told them a lie? They died believing a lie. Can God lie? No. So if they died believing God, and the Bible says, they did not obtain what they believed God for. It must mean then that the promise is ahead of them. Because by dying, they didn't obtain the promise. Because the Bible says, these all died not obtaining what? The promise. That tells you the promise wasn't when they died. The promise was here. And they never got it. And let's see some other great hero. Verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me. To tell of who? Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David, and of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith did what? Subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained what? Promise. Promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made what? Strong. Strong. Waxed valiant in fight. Turn to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting what? Deliverance. That they might obtain what? A better resurrection. That means there is a resurrection and there is a better resurrection. Hallelujah. The Bible is speaking about one thing and one thing only. Who is it talking about? 
Who is the Bible talking about? Who is the only thing, the only person the Bible is talking about? Jesus Christ. I want everybody to understand one thing. I don't care whether you're reading the Songs of Solomon. I don't care whether you're reading the book of Ezekiel. I don't care whether you're reading the book of Genesis. I don't care whether you're reading the book of Hebrews. The testimony of the Bible is about Jesus Christ. If you understand that, everything you understand, everything you read in the Bible becomes easy to appreciate. What the question is, is how does this refer to Christ? I want you to understand that the promise they never obtained was who? Jesus Christ. Verse 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of imprisonment and bonds. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being what? Destitute. Destitute, afflicted, tormented. Verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy. In other words, we didn't even... We were not even worthy to have them walk on this earth with us. Uh, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Do you get... Uh, oh, oh, come on. I don't think you get it. Yeah. Do you understand? It's saying that the world was not even worthy to have these men and women walk in it with us. How great can people be? How great can people be that God himself says that the world was not even worthy to have them walking amongst them. Verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good what? Report. Through what? Faith. Faith. Received what? Here you go again. This is the second time. Verse 40, God having provided some, what is this better thing? A better Resurrection. God having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, should not be what? Made perfect. And the fullness is the perfection. How many major feasts were there in Israel? Three major feasts. The feast of what? Passover. The feast of what? Pentecost. And the feast of what? Tabernacles. There were a few minor feasts in between. But the feast of Passover was fulfilled when Jesus came in the natural and died. That's the first dimension. The second dimension is the Feast of what? Pentecost. Yes. What happened to us on the Feast of Pentecost? Say that again? Yes, but what happened on the Feast of Pentecost in the book of Acts? Thank you. The Holy Ghost came down and we began to speak in tongues. That's the second dimension. Every single person in this room this morning, by the grace of God, you should be walking in the what dimension? You should be walking in the second dimension. Praise God. You should be walking in the second dimension right now. And if you are walking in the second dimension and are faithful in that walk, you will obtain what? The third dimension, which is what? The natural. completion, the, the, the naturalization, the fulfillment, the perfection. Of that war. Verse tw chapter 12. Look at verse 1. Wherefore, seeing you also are surrounded by so great a cloud of what? God All God. these people he mentioned are watching you today, right now. And they're thinking to themselves, oh boy, if I had the Holy Ghost when I was down there, oh man, if I had just been able to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, oh man. And then they look at you and you have. You know, God has decked you with gold. Do you understand? 
you know, when we're, when we're young people, I remember there was a friend of mine, his father was like so rich, and he would come to school with a driver and this and bodyguards and everything because his father was like a real big powerful, you know. Let's just say he was the president. <laughs> Amen. Let's just say he was the father, his father was the president because he was. Okay? And we just felt, wow. You know, and I remember one day they invited us, you know, to the palace and all that. And we could see they had all kinds of things. They had zebras. They had, I mean, it was like, I never wanted to go again. But guess what? Imagine how he looked at all those things. He was born into all those things. He didn't think anything of it. We were not. And we felt like, wow. Wow. They got zebras. Wow. Look at that. An ostrich. Wow. Look at their horses. And the reality is, that's how the spirit world sees you. You just don't know what you have. I once heard about a spiritualist. You know what a spiritualist is? Somebody who uses spiritual power, but he's not a Christian. And he told the Christian that, you know how we know those of you who are strong? Whenever we see all of you, you all have a kind of fire around you. Some of you glow. And that tells us that you are not strong. There are some others of you, when we see you just walking next to you, we move away from you because there's so much heat coming from the fire, coming out of your body, that we literally, physically, on earth here, walk further away from you. This is just you as a young seven-year-old. People just look at you, they see the fire from you, and guess what? They're afraid. Something makes them say, let me not come close to this person. There was another man. He was sick. His mother wasn't a Christian. And she went to a spiritualist to see if God could save her son. And this man was a strong believer, a minister of the gospel. And he was in hospital, laid up. Everybody thought he was going to die. The doctors thought he was going to die. And when she went to this spiritualist to offer sacrifices to some gods, to save her son, the wizard or whomever the man was that she had gone to, when he did his incantations and looked in the spirit realm, he started saying, Elating law, elating law, elating law, being translated, this one has gone, this one has gone, this one has gone. And the mother began to cry. Because she thought that meant what? Her son was dead. And he looked at her and said, why are you crying? He says, the kind of people your son is moving with, he is even more powerful than me. Nothing is going to happen to that one without God. Nobody can touch him. Where he is, those people, nobody does anything with them. Think about that. It takes a spiritualist to know who we are. <laughs> Do you understand? Mm-hmm. He was trying to explain to her that you don't understand. The fact that he's in hospital has nothing to do with power. Amen. He said, no, 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 no. Don't think anybody attacked him. He said, this guy, where I saw him, those are not the people that, no, we know, nobody plays with them. Her son had always preached to her. But she always saw him as what? Her little boy. She always saw him as her little boy. And when he was sick, of course, she would go to the, the spiritualist, right? And took the spiritualist telling her who it was her son was. And immediately after that, what happened to him? He was healed. God wanted to save his mother and used that 
to show her who he was. So the Bible says, we're in Hebrews chapter 12. So the Bible says, since we're encompassed by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with patience the race that is set before us and put aside every weight and sin which so easily besets us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Hey, there's a Bible right there, okay, if you want to use one. All right. So, we have understood now that they all did obtain the promise. And now we know what the promise is. What's the promise? A better resurrection. Did anybody in the Bible ever say, I am the resurrection? I didn't have to quote that for you all to believe, did I? Jesus says, I am the resurrection. The Bible says, they gave all these things up that they might obtain a better resurrection. Paul says, I give up all these things that I might win what? Christ. That I might attain unto what? Outer resurrection. The first resurrection. The better resurrection. So every single Christian, every single person here who has said, I believe in Jesus, praise God, you will partake in the resurrection. But the reason you are here today is to receive instruction, to receive guidance, to receive understanding on how you can attain a better resurrection. Amen. Praise God. That is why you're here. The, the day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive the resurrection. But God has kept you here so you can overcome, so you can go through trials, so you can go through some tribulation, just as the fathers and mothers we read about just now in, in chapter 11 day to give you the opportunity attain to the better resurrection. You think, you think Elijah will have the same kind of resurrection with some good person in Israel? He will get what? A better resurrection. You think Paul, the thief on the cross, will get the same resurrection with Paul? No. The thief on the cross got what? Salvation. He's going to be saved. But did he ever go through the trial? Was he tempted? Did he go through all of this? No. The day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the biggest day in your life because you get salvation for free. But now you're given an opportunity. And God says, do you want the better resurrection? Do you want something more? Do you want something more? That's what God is saying. Do you want it? You don't have to take it. don't have to. You don't have to take a better resurrection. Like David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than spend my life someplace else. You can be a doorkeeper in heaven. As long as you're in heaven, hey. <laughs> as long as you're in heaven, that's cool. And that's a, that's a choice. But if you say you want the better resurrection, then you have to understand that there is a pattern. There's a flow that you must conform yourself. Sometimes it seems difficult. Sometimes it seems hard, but that's the pathway that we must go. We had a small discussion like this yesterday, and we're talking about that, about the fact that when you look back at the things you've been through, you begin to understand that certain things about your life today that people might see as positive would never have come if you hadn't gone through what you went there, but then it makes no sense. Then you wonder, wait, I'm a Christian. This is not supposed to happen to me. Then only now you discover, no, that only happened to you because you are a Christian. Let's look at um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. What are, we, we want to know. We say, okay, we want to attain to the outer resurrection. We want to attain to a better resurrection. We said that there are three dimensions to the word of God. We said there is the natural, there is the spiritual, 
and there is the fullness or what I sometimes refer to as the naturalization where the natural becomes the word the natural becomes conformed to the word just like the word became flesh the flesh will become the word that's the ultimate goal that's why we're here that's why we're going through what we're going through to see if we can conform right to the word somebody slaps you and you turn the what other cheek no, not, you don't pull out your gun and say, hey. <laughs> okay? So, only the, only, some, only the flesh that has become like the Word of God, amen, only the flesh that has become like the Word of God can do that. But you must go through the second dimension, which is the spiritual, which is the Feast of Pentecost. You have to go through that process. You have to go through that process. You cannot jump from the first dimension to the fullness, to the third dimension. You must go through Pentecost. And that is where you and the Spirit, you know, you negotiate, okay? The Spirit says, okay, are you ready to take your shot now? Say, oh, just a minute, just a minute, just, 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 you know? And the Holy Spirit will wait for you till you're ready to take your shot. When you come, you say, okay, Holy Ghost, I'm ready. I say, okay, okay, okay. All right, good, good. I say, oh, Holy Spirit, this is really good. This is really good. Then after a few... Six months, what happens? You get a call from the doctor. Time to come in again. <laughs> Time for checkup. You know? Oh man, I gotta go in again for checkup. Right? And that's the work of the Holy Ghost. That's the second dimension. He's working on you. But guess what? Just as you don't understand that, there is an antichrist, a spirit that does understand that. So he has to create a placido. That's what it's called, right? Yes. Placebo. 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 Where did I get that one from? Huh? He has to create some fake holy ghosts for you. <laughs> Do you understand? And so when you shout, and I say, I got the holy ghost. But when somebody drives across you, maybe you drive out of church, you go, you stupid. No, 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 that tells you there's no Holy Ghost. Because if there was Holy Ghost, you say, Father, I pray for that man. I, I just pray as he's going, whatever the problem is, that, you know, you protect him. You see that? See the difference now? Holy Ghost is not always... That, that happens sometimes. That happens sometimes, but that's not the norm. Yeah, not, the norm is peace. The norm is calmness. The norm is understanding. That's the norm. That's what we should see most of the time. So when we see you doing... We will believe that, yeah, it's the real Holy Ghost. So let's see the fake one. Because there's a fake one. And Paul tells us about him in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'll take it from verse 1. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by what? Spirit, nor by, the wor by word, nor by letter, claiming to be from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you. By any means, for that day shall not come except there come what? A falling away. Now, can an unbeliever fall away? Can somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus fall away? No. But Jesus says the world is condemned already. Here it's talking about those of us who are believers. That something is going to happen before Jesus comes. And it's called a falling away. And I want you to be careful with this falling away. The falling away here is not talking about going back to sin. And we will see that. But said there be a falling away first. And that's what man of sin be what? Revealed the son of perdition. Who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he as God sitteth where? In the temple. 
Who is the temple of God? We are. So do you think a physical man can come and sit inside you? It has to be a spiritual being. Is that not so? And he comes into us and we believe it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> is that not so? And he comes into us and he begins to operate. He enters into the temple of God showing himself to be God. And you say, the Lord told me that. The Lord spoke to me. And God showed me, and it's the man of sin showing you. If the Bible says, ye are the temple of the living God, and the same man who says, ye are the temple of the living God, writes here that the man of sin entered the temple of God, how, how rebellious must you be to think he's talking about the physical temple built on some hill somewhere in West Asia? By the way, you guys know there's nothing like Middle East, right? That's West Asia. <laughs> Verse 5. Don't you remember... That when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know what we hold that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Only he who now restrains will restrain until... Now, let me correct something here. This, is, this here is a very fundamental scripture. And <laughs> the man of sin did a good job here. Let's, uh, see verse 7? You see verse 7? Let me tell you really what it's saying. It says, until he be taken out of the way, right? The Bible doesn't say that at all. Here it says, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now restrains will restrain until he is revealed in the midst. So when you go home, Check what I just said out. Because there's a big difference between him being revealed in the midst of the church and him being taken away. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because what you're reading here is a false pacifier. It gives you the impression that he is being withheld until he's booted out. No. What he's saying here is this. He is being restrains until he is revealed look at verse 8 what does verse 8 say and then shall the wicked be what doesn't it now confirm what we just read in 7 because if 7 is saying what you think it's saying then they clash with each other and then shall the wicked what be revealed once he appears in the mist whom the Lord shall consume with what the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Mm -hmm. Destroy who? Verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because what? That they might be? Do you think he's talking about unbelievers here? No. Unbelievers don't need to be deceived. No, come on. When you're an unbeliever, you're already in hell. The devil has no business trying to deceive you. He's already got you. His problem now is with those people who are believers. Verse 11. And for this reason, and for this cause, God shall send them what? Strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in. This is not the world. Jesus said, I came not to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. 
for the world is what? Condemned already. This delusion here is a delusion to the church. And that's why Jesus Christ said that his delusion would be so great that if it were possible, even the who? Elect. <laughs> okay? Even the elect would be what? Deceived. Just because you're a Christian, does that make you elect? No. No. <laughs> no. If you're a Christian, you are called Ecclesia or Iglesias if you're Spanish. Amen. Mm-hmm. If you are predestined, you are eclectos or elect. So he says, verse 12, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Can you start talking to an unbeliever about righteousness and unrighteousness? Huh? God is now going to destroy the world because of... You're, you're thinking like Old Testament. And Old Testament was just like a shadow. The only people that God is dealing with today are Christians. That's all the, those are the only people that exist. When God talks of you being righteous or being unrighteous, He's talking about the believers. All the righteousness of the world don't count for anything. There was a man called Cornelius in the book of Acts. He was so righteous, he prayed, he gave to the poor, did everything, and God was like, okay, I'm not going to act like I didn't see this guy. Okay, angel, go down and tell him to call for Peter. There's something he needs. So before he could even have any business with God, God said, okay, send somebody to you. Like you and I were. At, any, at some time, God sent somebody to you and I, and we came and we accepted Jesus, and that was the day our business with God really began. So when the devil is operating, he's, not, he's already got the people in the world. It's the church folk he's trying to get. Now, let's turn to the Old Testament, to the book of Daniel, the 11th chapter. Daniel chapter 11, from verse 21. Daniel chapter 11, from verse 21. Now, you know the book of Daniel is a book of prophecy, amen? And it's looking in the future. Now, I have skipped a lot of chapters. I've skipped a lot, but I'm coming to a particular place which will correspond with what we were studying in 2 Thessalonians. Now, in Daniel chapter 11, it talks about the kings, the kings of the north, the kings of the south. It talks about, you know, the dominant powers now and then overthrown and then another one will take over and then finally we come to our guy. <laughs> well, it's not our guy. Let's say the guy we're, you know, concerned about this morning. And he, he takes over in verse 21. Do you notice that? And in his estate, that's in the estate of someone else. Okay, some guy has been overthrown and now this guy we're talking about, all right, in, first, in Second Thessalonians, he takes over now. To, know, to be sure you're with me, Somebody read for me from verse 21. This is your first time here, so I'll give you the honor of reading verse 21. Darius. Hey, Darius. Oh, King Darius. Good to meet you. All right. All right. Read from verse 21 for me. Uh, take it to 27. And in his estate shall stand up a vile a person to whom they shall not give any honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably, peaceably and obtain the kingdom of By flattery. Stop. By the way, do you know what a flattery is? To flatter? Somebody says, man, you are the fastest runner in this school, or whatever, right? Meanwhile, you know you're not the fastest. Huh? Delusion. Do you understand? So he will what? Take the kingdom. He will take us what? By flattery. Go ahead. And with 
the arms of the flood of the flood shall they be overthrown from before him and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. Okay, stop. He will use a flood. What's a flood? Lies. Remember? And out of the serpent's mouth came what? A flood to take her away. That's what he's telling you here. See him? This is Satan. Deceit. See that? Flood. Okay? A flood. Go ahead. Verse 23. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, um, he shall come up and shall become strong, strong with, with a small people. people. Okay. So, after the agreement, he's going to go into agreement. A league means, you know, when you say a league, a league means like a, an agreement. For example, you have the NBA is a league, right? To so have all these different teams, they play. If you start your own basketball team today, you can't take your team and join the NBA. You can't say, we want to play the Miami Heat. They don't recognize you. You're not in their league. Okay? So he has created, so he's going to make a league, okay, with the Christians. Okay? And he shall work deceitfully. For he shall what? Come what? Okay. Oh. Up. That's to manifest. And he shall become strong with what? A few people. In other words, he's not coming with a big army. You, you, it's, it's not going to be so great you're going to be able to say, that's a lie. I see that. He's not going to come and say, commit sin, kill your neighbor. No. He's going to be very subtle. going to be hidden. Go ahead, verse 24. <coughs> Problems. And he shall do that which he, which his father have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them and pray and spoil and riches he, and he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds. Even for a time. All right, let me break this down for us. Amen? Amen. All right. He shall enter what? Peaceably. Always remember, the whole, all this Bible is written for who? You and me. Amen. This is talking about you and I. He shall enter peaceably. And he shall do that which his fathers and his father's fathers have never done. In other words, he's going to come and operate in a subtle way within the church but guess what he says and he shall forecast his what devices what is to forecast device mean yes exactly and then his devices you tell him what you're going to do yes what he's going to do um, so to deceive them with prophets, false prophets, witchcraft, witchcraft. But nobody will know it's witchcraft. Huh? Nobody will know it's witchcraft. You see, the Christians, they all say they're running to Israel. Is that not so? They, some of them say they're going to Rome. They'll take photographs in Rome. They'll say, I went to Holy Rome. I went to Holy Jerusalem. Who do you think is putting that in your head? The Bible, you just read it, it said, Here have we no what? Continuing city. Just put that in there. I always love to put that. I love to stick it to Jerusalem and stick it to Rome every now and then. Yes, yes, yes. You said it's the spirit of the Antichrist. Yes. 
No, 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 no. Don't go there. No, no, no. no I, I, not, not, that's what it's talking about here, but it's not talking about him. No, no, no. I want to correct that. That's what I want to correct. This is not talking about Antiochus Epiphanes at all. These are the doctrines we have been given without any biblical basis. I understand that. I'm, I, that's what I'm, I'm getting at. Yes. But in this black and white description here, yes. it's talking about a person. We know that the reality is, it's not talking about him. It's talking Who's about... Who's the him you're talking about? This person, the person who has not been given... This successor, whoever it was that they're talking about, that all this and the, the king of the north and the south. Of right, 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 right. See, I, see, this is. I'm glad you see. <laughs> this, sister, I'm so happy about this. You know why? Because these are those strongholds that we got to smash. Because we were all taught those doctrines at some time, and they act as gatekeepers, so that we can only understand the word of God based on the filter that we've been given. Do you understand? These powers you see here, you see them all in the book of Revelation. And the book of Revelation speaks about all of them in the future tense. So this is not talking about some Roman general or this or that. The answer I'm trying to say, this here is talking about spiritual developments. For us to try to give it a human chronology will miss the fact we don't understand for all we know the person he succeeded from was himself uh, do you understand so we can't you know what we're dealing with we're looking for a glass darkly we know that this is the antichrist we know that this is a spirit that has come in with a flood to deceive do you understand um uh, um what's his name we know about him that in AD 70 he came, he destroyed the temple and all that. This, this could, the minute Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. There is nothing about natural Israel anymore in the Bible. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Uh, not for us. From the moment Jesus said it is finished, everything refers to us now. So if something happened in AD 70, in the natural world, it has to have something to do with us. If it's written. And these are the doctrines, the flood, that have been sent all over the world. That men and women are so convinced, they're paralyzed. Huh? You will see some of them, they will say, they're collecting money for the Jews. God said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You think it's that Jerusalem there he's talking about? The new Jerusalem. Uh, send the money here, guys. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> yeah, I'll read it from verse 25. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. So these guys also have their own what? Witchcraft. So there are powers that are operating. Huh? There are powers that are operating all over. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you look all over the world, you will see... I don't even want, I don't want to go into, I don't want to go, I don't want to go into, because I want to talk about those things in a context where people will understand what I'm saying and not be unnecessarily offended, okay? So, verse 26. Yea, they that feed of the portion of his meat 
shall destroy him and his army shall overflow and many shall fall down slain and both these kings hearts shall be to do what mischief and they shall speak lies at one table but it shall not prosper for yet the end shall be at the time appointed then shall he return into his land with great riches and his heart shall be against the holy covenant and he shall do exploits and return to his own land at the time appointed he shall return and come toward the south but it shall not be as the former or as the latter for the ships of Chittim shall come against him therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant so shall he do he shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake what the holy covenant okay these are those people those of us who are falling away from the holy covenant he shall you know, come back again, begin to try to win us over. Let's not get caught into the details of what we're reading here because it's too deep for us to understand. We're looking through a glass what? Darkly. But we can get a general picture, the general form of what's going on. Verse 31. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute what? The sanctuary of strength. This is, listen, the day Jesus said it is finished, there is no other sanctuary again. Antiochus came there 70 AD. It's not the sanctuary. By that time it was finished. It was done. It had no meaning. The sanctuary of strength is you and I. Okay? And shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily what? Sacrifice. Now, I just want to throw this in here. This is not God speaking. This is me. Do you remember the book of Acts and they met daily from house to house breaking bread? How often do we meet the Christians all over the world? today once a, once a week I don't say this is me speaking I'm not making a doctrine all I'm saying is that we are not as what committed as we used to be I'm not making a doctrine of every day all right I'm not show, I'm not showing us something okay because this is not speaking naturally now I just wanted to so don't don't take that you know too too serious and they shall place the abomination that what that make it desolate now do you remember Jesus mentioned this and when was he speaking about what when was he speaking about when he was talking to his disciples wasn't he speaking about the end times because they're asking where he says they're asking master when shall these things be he says when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet so come on that couldn't be 70 AD because you and I are still here in probably 2070 AD or whatever year this is of your, of your coming. So these things are taking place at the end of time. But those people before us, some of them wanted to fit this word into their own political and international strategy for world domination. And religion had to be a part of the instruments that they used for world subjugation. It all worked out pretty well. But now the truth of the world is coming forth and the children of God, we first must be liberated from this. Verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the what? Covenant shall he corrupt with flatteries. Our God is a good God. I want you to know that God wants you to be rich. Are you sick? It is not God's will for you to have a headache. Whatever you lay your hands to must prosper. What? You're still riding a fort? God wants you to ride a limousine. God is love. What? You lived in sin last night? You stayed with a woman that's not your wife? 
Don't worry, our God is a God of forgiveness. You just confess your sin, pay your tithes, and everything will be all right. You <laughs> get what I'm going to say? Corrupt with what? Flattery. Telling you what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And next thing we have 50 members. Next week we have 35. There's 3,500. And we call what is called a mega church. You're seeing it right here. And there's nothing wrong with having a mega church because they're mega churches with real pastors, real ministers, real Christians. And they that understand among the people shall what? Instruct many. Yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. So there is going to be some hardship. There is going to be some tough times as you instruct others about this man of flattery. Some of us will be in the flames. By the way, the flames here, please don't think of the fire that Nebuchadnezzar puts. On the soul. Verse 33, he said, They that understand among the people. Not all the people, but they that understand. Verse 34. Now when they shall fall, they shall be helped with a little what? Help. But many shall cleave to them with what? Flatteries. Some people will join us, but their heart is not what? Here. They shall cleave to us with what? Flatteries. Why? Because they are also motivated by the spirit of flatteries. Verse 35. And some of them of understanding shall what? Oh, to try them and to purge and to make them what? White. Even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. Now, I'm going to skip to chapter 12 where we're supposed to read the whole thing. Well, I'll skip to chapter 12. Now, chapter 12 from verse 1, it says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be what? Delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall what? Awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But you, O Daniel, shut up the the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall what? Increase. Now let's just stop there. You can see that the angel has told Daniel, listen, this whole thing I've been talking to you about is about what? The end time, the future. This has nothing to do with Antiochus, whatever he's called. This is the end time. And at the end time, there are going to be a people with understanding. But they will be going through tough times. But they will be helped with a little what? Hell. Praise God. I love that. Because if God had just said they shall go through a tough time, I would have been like, you know, maybe just born again is good enough. You know, let's just stay with born again. (laughs) But God says, don't worry. No matter what's going on, I'm going to come and give you a little help. Do you remember when Jesus was going through that temptation before he climbed the cross? And And some angels came and ministered unto him. and gave him a little strength. Praise God. Amen. Let me, let me stop there because you can, 
you can go home, you can read Daniel 11 and, and, and 12, okay? The whole of Daniel, you know, I want to say this to you about the book of Daniel. Don't read the book of Daniel chronologically. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Or Ezekiel, or Isaiah, or any of these prophets. Don't say, well, from Daniel chapter 7, then we went, you know, it's not, it, there's no chronology here. So you can go to Daniel chapter 7, especially one of my favorite chapters in Daniel, okay? And you read about the very end. The end of the whole story is in, in the end. You know, where, where God comes and He's on earth? It's in Daniel 7. Well, here we are in Daniel 11, and we're still reading about stuff. Are you saying these all happened after Daniel 7? No, Daniel 7 comes way after this. So don't read anything here chronologically. Look at what's happening in the body of Christ, in the church, and among the people who say we are God's people. Okay? The different denominations and all that. That's what Daniel is referring to. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay? Don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay? Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, do have audio, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we won't be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay? In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road, but wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there, so the broadcast is still going to keep going, okay? So thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.